0: Time to take the next step with Looney Libis. So here we are in Singapore, and we're in an accelerator for accelerators. Have you seen that before?
1: I have not. No, I'm so excited as an Australian that DFAT, our Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade, is putting money into accelerating accelerators in some of the poorest countries on the planet. It's wonderful.
0: Great. And who are you?
1: you... So my name's Olivia, Olivia clark Moffat, and I work at the Difference Incubator,
0: we uh, actually aren't
1: an incubator. incubator <laughs> in <the title. coughs> we originally were an incubator eight or ten years ago, two pivots ago, and uh, yeah, we work with lots of parts of the Australian social enterprise ecosystem. We there are three ways we help. The first way is that we actually work with ecosystem players to help social entrepreneurs.
0: Okay, so wait, well, I'm going to cut in whenever you're going to use a jargon words. What's an ecosystem player? So
1: an ecosystem player is a government, a university, a large corporate or commercial business, people who want to make a change. And for us, it's a change that brings together doing good and making money by design. Okay. And then we will work with them on whatever that is. So if it's a corporate, it might be working with them on their procurement and supply, chain to increase the number of social enterprises that they're um, purchasing from. If it's a government authority it might be working with their core constituency to alleviate uh, poverty and other really critical social needs through the vehicle of social enterprise. And,
0: and one of the key words I heard out of your mouth multiple times the past few days was First Nations. Yes. Right, so you're working down with the Aboriginal?
1: Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders are our Indigenous people Okay. Yeah, and but also our work in the Pacific um, mainly is working with um, the the villages and the first peoples of those islands because they've also seen a lot of migration, yeah, and a lot of other large um, nations come in and and take over, not just Western ones. Um, so yeah, we we work with First Nations peoples a lot.
0: What did, what do they need different from what you either do with the With the um, privileged class, or or what you hear, we do that.
1: Yeah, a lot, look, a lot of it is the same, and some things are the exact opposite, and some things are different.
0: (laughs) Okay, focus on the opposite part.
1: Yeah, so the things that are opposite are a lot of the people I work with in inner city Melbourne, who are the more privileged people, they want to solve social problems which they don't live inside. Mm -hmm. So, a lot of what we have to do with them is actually um, help them realize that they might not understand the problem. Yeah. that they might not actually be bringing the social lead, transformation. Lead with listening
0: instead of leading with solutions. Yeah. And yeah. Lord, Pamela
1: Hartigan talks about apprenticing with the problem. And when she spoke to her dewy at Oxford undergraduates, you know, she had to say, you know, what do you really know about the problem?
0: Okay, and and, and, and our, so, our our equivalent work is um, we no longer work with expats. Yeah. Right, so that's Americans, yeah, Canadians, exactly. Europeans yep. jumping into um, Africa yep. or developing yep. world. But we do work with expats in Peru. Mm. Um because they're not expats they're immigrants mm, so yeah, sure. there's Europe there's a yeah, group of different. Europeans that flow into Peru We think of Peru is like they should be Spanish and indigenous but it's not it's a melting pot country yeah great right? and mo- a lot of Latin America is a melting pot yep. country like the states
1: so we so the opposite is true for the indigenous people they are up to their eyeballs in in 200 years of suddenly being ripped away from their ancient and harmonious, culture which was very stable which was in a partnership with the land and suddenly that ended very viciously
0: and mm-hmm. very
1: quickly over a number of decades and uh, very very oppressive practices so they know exactly what their problems are they live with them 24-7 the entrepreneurs who work with us over the three or four months that we work with them are, have periods of people around them dying or committing suicide yeah, and, yeah that's a um, run by us too you know, all kinds of economic problems in their family when they're away from their family and it's real and they're living it and they need the opposite help to how do you just stand back a little bit and let's put a bit of a system and a pathway on this. So a theory of change for them is like a, a, a pathway of hope. It's just Yeah,
0: so a so friend of mine in Seattle runs a program that works with First Nations and Native Americans uh, in North America. It's called the Centre for Inclusive Entrepreneurship. Can't get a better name than that. Yep. And what I find fascinating in his curriculum versus mine is uh, he teaches out of a book called The Ice House, um, oh, which wow. teaches an entrepreneurial uh, mindset that you can fix these problems mm. yourself mm. as opposed to waiting for the handout mm. to come or yep. uh, waiting for someone else yep. to come in. And the key one that's in the Ice House curriculum is to look around and see what you have mm. and uh, make something out of that. Yep. Whereas my entrepreneurs that I'm working with, wherever they're from, we already have the entrepreneurship mindset, so we don't have to teach that. And then our second piece is not what you have, it's what do you need. And then just
1: and go and get it. And, yeah. get it. Yeah. and I think that's, a, yeah. that's
0: a clearly a privileged piece, which yes. is, okay, I need $50,000 or $500,000, I'll go get it and expect that that's possible. And it could just mean I need a gen set um, for some of the African companies. I just need a generator. Yep. There's no power yes, there's no power where I'm doing work, and the answer might be money, in which case you can go buy it, but it may just be, I'll, I can go somehow get that Gen set. Yep. Um, yep.
1: Look, we find a lot of the entrepreneurs we work with have already they're in a really lonely place. So they've already naturally or otherwise they've picked up a lot of the mindset that, that the Western society around them brings, mm-hmm. but they also have this um, ancient knowledge and also ancient obligation. So one of the most important things we do really early in the piece is we talk about entrepreneurs between two worlds and we help them build this third place where they live. And the most powerful community thing that we do is here's these 20 people in the room who are all indwelling this same place and the alumni who come in. And it's it's, it's very special for them for the first time. They say things like, I'm understood Mm -hmm. and other people get it and I'm not being asked by non-Indigenous people a whole lot of questions that don't make sense, and then I'm not being asked by Indigenous people a whole lot of questions. And and often they talk about their own culture, and Australians do this generally, the crab in the bucket. So when one crab... Crab in
0: the bucket. When <laughs> one
1: crab tries to climb out of a bucket, the other crabs pull, pull that crab back down.
0: Okay. And
1: so Australians call that the tall poppy syndrome, and Indigenous people feel it really strongly. But it's exciting now to have a number of graduates that go back to their communities and the people around them are saying, how can we also now
0: do So are, the, are you working with the most privileged of the unprivileged?
1: Um, I think it's a mix. Some of them we are, absolutely, because some of them would say, I'm the first in my family to have gone to university, okay. for example. So within their communities, absolutely. And others of them know we had two beautiful entrepreneurs, um, husband and wife couple, who were doing a cultural business, this amazing business that was growing really beautifully and only at the end of the four months they said to us, we've been on um, unemployment benefit for all our lives until we started doing this and now having done your accelerator, we know we'll never go back mm-hmm. and they're ready to employ some other people okay. and all their mob are mainly on um, unemployment benefit and now the rest of their mob are really starting to get interested in oh, what are you doing and how can we do that? Mob. So
0: mob, mob is an interesting term too. Uh, I love English. Um, tribe.
1: It's, it's their own term <laughs> for yeah, their, okay. their, their Great. community. Uh, and
0: where's the funding coming for your graduates?
1: So our graduates, um, they are funded to do the accelerator by the Indigenous Business Authority in okay. Australia, and they go through a selection process. And then the funding afterwards, they can go back to IBA or there are some other pathways. Most of them, though, are that early to middle stage, and they actually, what we give them is the gift for them to make money. Mm-hmm. So we help them build a business model where they get revenue, and then they then they start to go, oh, okay, next X years I don't need an injection of capital. Right. I can go.
0: Right, and yeah. ho- hopefully by year f- three or four or five, the banks will actually yes. see yeah. them as, as a company. Yep,
1: yep. and IBA. It sort of operates as a bank, but also can can take them uh, yeah, to a bank if that's needed. The
0: positive piece about being in the um, underprivileged class in Australia, U.S., Canada, is uh, the banks don't do thirty six percent interest. Yeah, like they do in Africa. <laughs> so, no, no way. Even if you, even, <laughs> even if on you, a bad day. In even Australia, if you can get to ba- yeah. get to banking in, in Africa, which is next to impossible. Wow. When they give you the loan, it's it's wow. it's two or three percent per month. Wow. Yeah. Um, well, that's
1: crippling. So yeah. you can't do that.
0: Yeah. Okay. You have um, to go
1: somewhere else for money, surely. But that's another
0: conversation. That's isn't why it? the money's flowing in yeah. from overseas yeah. to these parts of the world. Yeah. And the same thing I'm, I'm hearing as I talk to the um, attendees of of this program here is, where's the money going to come to do yes. Cambodia and uh, Indonesia and Nepal and uh, the last one I talked to was Myanmar. Yeah.
1: So, all
0: right. Yeah. Um, Myanmar's not the hotbed. That it's no. uh, that's driving the New York money
1: no <laughs> well look at the moment, the exciting thing for us is in Papua New Guinea, Fiji, and Samoa we're now working with investors in country, yeah, and actually keeping all the money in the country yeah and oh my
0: god I'm just, I, I think of Myanmar is pretty low down on the list yeah. and then you mentioned three more that aren't even on the list yeah well um,
1: yeah there are there are there's a real wind of change in the Pacific that People are at the end, I think, of tolerating, hopefully, the large multinationals nationals coming in, paying lip service to investing in the country and taking a lot out. Yeah. So there's a real shift to we will invest in ourselves and there is enough wealth there to, to start to do it. Yeah.
0: The, the, it is possible. Everywhere I've talked to, and that was also a conversation I had today, everywhere there's a middle class. Yep. Right, uh, there is the poorest country I've ever worked with is Malawi. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, only Burundi's below it. Um, so you name three countries, but I've worked with Malawi. Yeah, uh, median GDP in that country is two hundred and fifty dollars a year. Yeah, wow. But there's a middle class. There's 10, 12, maybe even fifteen percent of the population mm. live not very different from my way I live. Yes, but they're just not. They haven't activated that capital. They don't yep. know what to do with it, yeah. and they're. Government has yep. no idea what to do with it. Yep. and They just want more tech companies.
1: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the answer's always a tech company. <laughs> yeah, the,
0: the, the answer's always more software.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, everything can be solved with software, That's especially right. economics yeah, or, or, so or not. Yep. Okay, yeah. uh, anything else you want to tell the podcasters out there?
1: Well, we talked about the ecosystem players, a really key thing in Australia at the moment. Um, we work with a lot of organizations that are either great at making money or great at doing good, but not at both. So in Australia now, there's lots of commercial businesses, small to medium-sized enterprises that are good at making money, but they realise to um, still have really that social licence to trade and to keep millennials in their workforce, they need to do good. So we're helping them with a blended design, design into their businesses the do-good part. And then with the not-for-profits and the charities, the world's changing, aged care, disability, it's all becoming marketised. So we're out there helping them make money without losing their mission, which they're pretty scared about. And, of mm-hmm. course, then we work with lots of entrepreneurs directly, and I'm sure you've had lots of podcasts on that. So that's a little bit about us and a little bit about the landscape <laughs> in right. Australia.
0: Thanks thanks so much for that. So uh, if there's any takeaway from this conversation and the others I'm having with the other partners here uh, is that it's complicated.
1: It's complicated.
0: It, 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 it's not as simple as you have an idea for some software company, uh, and, <laughs> and, and they'll give you a half million dollars and everything will be fine. Um, no, the <laughs> landscape of who's trying to help and, and how we move the next trillion dollars mm. to go make the world a better place mm. is really complicated. It
1: is, but it's fun.
0: It's fun, yeah. It's yeah. the best job I've ever made for myself. That's
1: right. Yeah. Thanks, Leanie. Me too. Thank hey. you.